you want to take your Bible tonight and Bibles or turn to Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20 is we're going through the Ten Commandments this evening. We've gone through the first few and now we are, we've seen the fact that we are supposed to have no other gods before him as we see in chapter 20 verse 3. Make no graven image, verse 4. Then it says in verse 7, the third one, Thou shalt not take the name of thy Lord God in vain. Third. And then we hear in the fourth, remember the Sabbath day, Exodus chapter 20 and verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. And the, the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In, thou, in it thou shalt not do any work. Thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, nor thy maidservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that, that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, sea, and all that is, in, that is, that is in, in them is, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you again for your word. I pray you just give us the wisdom to understand it. Lord, help us, help me, Lord, as I teach your word tonight, that you'd give me the words to say, Father, to help uh, this congregation, those who watch or listen, understand your word some, some better. Help us to understand, again, the principle behind the word that was taught and proclaimed to the Israelites many th thousands of years ago, uh, even uh, principles that we can, can help us in our lives even today. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. So today we're going to answer three questions, three questions my goal to answer three questions. First of all, are Christians to observe the Sabbath day? Are Christians to observe the Sabbath day? Is Sunday the Christian Sabbath day now? And thirdly, are Christians commanded to observe Sunday? Hopefully, these are things you've thought about. And why do we, why when we do Sunday? Why Sunday? And hopefully, by reading through the Old Testament, you see the fact that they worshiped on this Sabbath day, and what is, what is it all about? Well, what does Sabbath mean? It all starts with that. Well, in some languages, it means seventh, or, or Saturday was the Old Testament, uh, Old Testament Sabbath day, beginning Friday night at 6 p.m. and ending on Saturday at 6, I mean 6, p, 8, 6 p.m. and Saturday at 6 p.m. So it goes from Friday 6 p.m. to Saturday 6 p.m., a day. And I can tell you from being in Israel, being outside Jerusalem on a Sabbath, they keep it, they still, even today, they keep it. Um, we were in a motel, and they said to us, now on the Sabbath, they're not, they're, they're not going to cook anything. They're not going to cook any, anything hot. They're not going to do any work. And so uh, you guys are kind of on your own. And so, uh, you know, things were, things were a little different. Traffic was pretty much nil. It was pretty peaceful, pretty quiet that Saturday. And so, very interesting. A lot like, probably, uh, it's still a little bit this way here in this, on Sunday, but a lot more used to be. Uh, remember, if you remember, they used to not be able to sell alcohol. Used to have blue laws. Used to be, uh, you know, Sunday was pretty much, a lot of stores were shut down. A lot of things were closed. And why did they do that? To reverence the day. To reverence the day. Because it is a very important day. And so the Jewish Sabbath was not a day of worship in God's original plan. It was, it was a day for physical rest. Remember, six days God created everything. He created the, created the world, the universe. But on the seventh day, he rested. Now, he didn't have to rest. 
It was, it was a choice, and really it was a pattern really for his people and really to some degree for us. So God gave us pattern in the creation week as he created the world in six days and rested on the seventh. Now, there's no rec- record that he says specifically to Adam and to Noah and to Abraham, uh, there, this is what you're supposed to do. But obviously, if God did it, it must be good, right? Whatever God does, if he, if he, if he does work on six days and rest at the seventh, kind of party might be kind of wise for us to do the same thing. I, I kind of want to follow the pattern of God, right? And I'm sure they probably followed his pattern. And to the degree that we follow God's pattern and his ways, his degree will be successful in life. And I think it's a good thing even in today that we take some time to rest. I know people who like to work themselves to the, you know, to the very end, and, then, and they, they have doctor bills. And, and sometimes I understand in seasons it's the necessity, especially like coaches. There was a time where I coached, and I'd work 30, 40, 50 hours uh, and wouldn't think anything of it. But there is there's something to take in time to rest. Even the Lord Jesus Christ went away and rested. He came apart. Someone said, if you, don't, if you don't take your time to come apart, you will come apart. And I think there's some wisdom in those words and not bring, build, uh, burning the candle at both ends in the middle. Be careful about burning yourself at, out. Now, again, there might be times and necessities to do that, but I'd be careful about doing that. Nevertheless, uh, the Bible says the first time we hear of this word Sabbath, we read it in Exodus chapter 16, verse 23. And he said to them, this is that which the Lord has said. The morrow is the rest of the holy Sabbath unto the Lord. Bake thou which ye will bake today, and see that which ye will seethe, and that which remaineth over lay up for you to be kept until the morning. And they lay it up until the morning as, the, as Moses bade, and did not drink it, neither was there any worm uh, therein. And Moses said, Eat that today, for t- today is the Sabbath unto the Lord. Today ye shall not find it in the field. Six days shall you gather it. But on the seventh day, which is the Sabbath, it shall be, it shall, it shall, in it there shall be none. So they were gathering manna on six days, but the seventh day they were told not to gather manna. So this is at Mount Sinai. This was given as a part of the Mosaic law, as part of their ceremonial laws. It was for rest, the Old Testament worship. Of course, went on, as we looked at a little bit in the tabernacle and the temple, every day of the week is in the interperiod time between the Old and the New Testament. The custom of meeting in the synagogue arose because of the need of it, but not by divine command. There's no Bible commands for synagogue worship. So the Jewish Sabbath was given as a special sign specifically for Israel, not the Gentiles. We are the Gentiles. It was part of the covenant between Israel and God. Ezekiel chapter 20, verse 12. Moreover, also I gave them my Sabbaths to be a sign between me and them that they might know that I am the Lord that, that sanctify them. We looked, about that, we looked at that word sanctified this morning. We talked about sanctified means to make holy. We talked about being sanctified means to set apart. I talked about the fact that this pen I wear especially because Tiny gave it. Gave it to me on May 29th, 2019. That's why I wear it. I set it apart. I sanctify it. You ladies, you may sanctify some shoes. Man, you set those apart. You got a few other shoes in the closet, but you sanctify those shoes. You set them apart for special use. 
And that's what God was doing. He was causing this Sabbath day to be something special between him and his people. It's a special day. And on this special day, I want you to worship me. I want you to not do the things you normally do. I want you to set aside this day and focus on me because I am holy. And not only am I holy, I want you as my people to be a holy people. That's what he was saying. So a study in Scripture reveals the Sabbath is an Old Testament, not a New Testament commandment. In the entire New Testament, there's not a single command that we, as the New Testament church, observe the Sabbath, no matter what the Seventh-day Adventists may say. So all the Ten Commandments are repeated in the New Testament except this command. In the Old Testament, there are a number of restrictions concerning the Sabbath day. It was, re- it was prohibited, working on the Sabbath day was prohibited, but few specifics were given. You say, well, did there ever, was there ever a time in the Old Testament when somebody worked in the Old Testament, uh, worked, and, and when they shouldn't have worked on the Sabbath and something happened to them? Yes. Numbers chapter 15, verse 32. And while the children of Israel were in the wilderness, they found a man that gathered sticks upon the Sabbath day. And they that found him gathering sticks brought him unto Moses and Aaron and to the altar congregation and put him in ward. Basically, they put him in prison. Because he was not, it was not declared what should be done to him. And the Lord said to Moses, The man shall be surely put to death, and all the congregation shall stone him with stones without the camp. And all the congregation brought him out within the camp, without the camp and stoned him with stones, and he died as the Lord commanded Moses. So this was pretty serious. God said to Moses, This is the law. And they broke the law, and this man was gathering sticks when he shouldn't have been. And God said, used to die, and he was, he was stoned to death. Secondly, no fire was to be kindled, fuel was not to be gathered, burdens were not to be carried, businesses was not to be transacted, a person was not to tra- travel further than 300 uh, feet or, or 100 yards. Nor, of course, as we went through the book of Mark, and we got into the New Testament, we looked at the fact that in the intertestament, there rose up those people called the Pharisees. And they took the law of Moses, I mean, not to work on the Sabbath, to focus on the Sabbath, and they made many more extra rules. We talked about the fact that there was a rule, if you threw a ball up with one hand, you weren't supposed to catch it with the other hand. If you had a gray hair in your head, you were not supposed to pull it. They had all these silly, silly, silly rules that a lot of times they didn't obey themselves, and that's why they were called hypocrites. We see this in Matthew chapter 12. Verse 1, at the time Jesus went to the Sabbath day through the corn, and his disciples were hungered and began to pluck the ears of corn and to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto him, Behold, the disciples, uh, that which is, the disciples do that which is not lawful to do upon the Sabbath day. But he said unto them, Have you not read what, what David did when he was hungered and they were with him? How we entered in the house of God and did eat showbread that was not lawful for him to eat? neither for them which they were with him, but only for the priests? Or have you not read in the law how on the Sabbath days the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? But I say unto you, that in this place there is one greater than the temple. But if you've known what that meaneth, I will have mercy and not sacrifice, you would have not condemned the guiltless, for the Son of Man is the Lord even of the Sabbath. So what's the problem? Well, the key words here are disciple and hungry. It was legal for them to eat the corn. Why? 
because there was a need. Just like David had a need when, there was, when he was a hungered in the temple to take the bread and eat it. There was a need. The Bible says he was, they were actually, they weren't stealing it. They weren't trying to take it for themselves to steal it. There was an actual need for it. The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 25, When thou comest to the standing corner of thy neighbor, and when thou mayest pluck the ears with thine hand, but thou shalt not move a sickle unto thy neighbor's standing corner. Meaning there was provision given to people who had a genuine need. The Pharisees were upset because it was a Sabbath. The Pharisees were worshiping the Sabbath, the law, more than the Lord. They were putting the law above the Lord. And dear friend, sometimes even in churches, we, we got to be very careful about that, about putting traditions above God's word. There's many things we do as a church that are simply traditions. There's nowhere in the Bible that says we have to do it like Sunday night church or Wednesday night prayer meeting. Are those good things to do and tradition? We've done them for many years. Well, sure, they're good and wonderful. But you cannot find the scriptures, thou shalt have th Sunday night service. Thou shalt have Wednesday night prayer service. Now, all those things, good, natural, right, we do them, we'll continue to do them, yeah. But we have to be careful about putting those things which we do traditionally above what actually the Bible says. Because there's a difference between tradition, which is here, and what the Bible actually says here. And if you ever put tradition over here, that's what makes us Pharisees. And we don't want to be Pharisees because God condemned their actions. We never want to put tradition over what the Bible says. So we see the problem and the pattern. Jesus used David as an example when he was fleeing Saul. Jesus also used the priests as examples. Hosea is, re, is referred as to an example as well. But what's the principle? We see the problem, the pattern, the principle. The lesson or message that Jesus was trying to get across to the Pharisees was as a hungry king and his men ate showbread in the temple, bread which was okay for the priests, an act that was permitted not only, con not only condemned by the Lord, but it was okay for the disciples to eat corn on the Sabbath. Jesus was showing the spirit of the law, the spirit of the law, Human needs took priority over ceremonial laws. So the, 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 the law was important, but the need was greater than actual law. God is more concerned about meeting people's need than ceremony. The priors of Pharisees were confused. They were focused on the law. You must keep the law. They, weren't worried, but they, they should have cared more about the need of the people. And that's, that's what, just what Jesus was concerned about. And that's what actually, actually caused Jesus to be crucified because Jesus was focused on the heart of the matter instead of the Pharisees were focused on the law and on what was actually written. And if they're not keeping these, these laws and you're, you're not right and you're offending God, and that's what the, the issue was. Jesus was saying the Lord is the, he's the Lord of the master of the Sabbath. He is also the author of it. So... We go through the New Testament, we see the, the same thing. The Council of Jerusalem did not mention in Acts chapter 15, but the book of Hebrews and James were both written to disperse, disperse Israel, and the Sabbath is not mentioned. Paul never uh, does, talks about the fact that Christians are to observe or focus on certain days. He's mentioned on Colossians chapter 2, verse 14, blotting out the handwriting, the ordinances was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross, and having spoiled principles and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them. Let no man therefore judge you in meat 
or in drink, or respect a holy day, or a new moon, or in Sabbath days. So nobody should say, oh, you know, you're breaking the law by eating that pork. I'd be in trouble if you did. Don't you know the Old Testament? You're not supposed to eat pork. I'm a chaplain for Sunnies. I'm sorry. I guess I, I, guess I broke a few laws. <laughs> well, you know, you, it's a new moon. We got we to, gotta, no. No, we're not focused on those old things. Again, it's going back to the old way. And if you've been following uh, what Pete's been talking about in the Sunday school, he's been going over this over and over and over, the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And the, the, the tendency for us to want to go back and be bound to those things. But you read the book of Galatians and it talks about our liberty that we have in Christ. Now, we have, a, we have liberty, but that's not liberty to sin. So many people get that in confused. You say, well, I have grace, right? Yeah. But Paul said in the book of Romans, we should not, should grace continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. God forbid. Yes, we do have liberty. We're not bound to the Old Testament ceremonial laws. We're not bound to the, to the, to the, the dietary laws. But we, should we keep these moral laws? Well, sure they do. And even the Sabbath in the sense that we keep it in principle as I'm about to get to. So the, shadow, the Sabbath was a shadow of things to come. The Lord Jesus Christ in Christ, now we have the real thing, and the shadow is reality. It's fulfilled. So the Sabbath was part of the ceremonial law, like the sacrifices, and it was fulfilled in Christ. Jesus Christ is our Sabbath. He now, Christ himself, is our rest. It's not such an, in a day. Christ now is our peace. Sunday is not the Christian Sabbath. There are no re records anywhere that state the Sabbath changed from Saturday to Sunday. New Testament Christians have no command from God to abstain from labor on any certain day, nor command to meet for worship on any given day. If this is so, should Christians observe Sunday as a day of worship? We should not observe Sunday in a legalistic Sabbath. This is not, again, if you don't come to church on Sunday, you picked up the sticks, we're going to stone you to death. No, man, that's going back to the Old Testament. If you don't keep the law, there's a punishment. No, remember, Christ in the New Testament is focusing about the inner man, not, not, not so much the outer man. We do, we'd want to observe, of course, and be a part of, of Sunday worship. Why? Out of a spirit of wanting to. Out of a spirit of wanting to fellowship with one another. But it's a spirit thing. It's not a law. It's not if thou if, if you miss it, okay, you're losing a finger, losing a toe. Uh, you know, you, you broke the commandment. No, it's a sp spirit. You ought to be come to church not because you have to, but because you want to. You should want to give tithes not because you have to, because you want to. You should want to go out in visitation or tell people out of Jesus about Jesus, not because you have to, not because I'm checking a list, okay? I'm not going to call you at night and say, Dude, you, did you do your list? Did you read your Bible? Check. Did you pray? Check. Did you witness? Check. Did you, did you fast? Check. <laughs> no, that's not what Christianity is about. For some people, dear friend, that is what Christianity is about. And they're bringing themselves almost back to Old Testament law. No, it's the spirit. It's the spirit. When I met my wife many, many moons ago, I loved her not because I had to, but I couldn't help myself. I wanted to. 
I wanted to spend time with her. There was no rule, okay, you got to call, you got to write. No, I wanted to write. I wanted to call because there was a love, there's a devotion, there's a desire. And the same, that same type of love and hunger and desire ought to be a holy, that which is holy unfor God. Not that you have to, but that you want to. And we see it in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. The writer of Hebrews says in verse 23, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promise. Let us consider one another, provoke one another into good works. Now, how do we do that? How do we do that practically? How do you do that practically? By coming together, assembling yourself with one another, and seeing one another, and encouraging one another, and helping one another. Now, you can text each other, but is it the same? No. You can message each other. Is that the same? No. You can watch it on, on YouTube, but is it the same? No, it's not the same. It can't be the same. So that for what, so what is God's will, God's desire for his people? We see it in verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some of us, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as we see the day approaching. What's he talking about? As the day of the Lord comes and the rapture of the church or his, his return, we should want to gather more to encourage one another. Because, dear friends, as we've talked about many times, the days are going to get darker. If Revelation is true and Paul's writing to Timothy is true, perilous times are coming, perilous times are going to get worse. And you know what we need? We need more times of gathering one another and encouraging one another and helping one another and being there for one another. We might actually have to have one another to survive. Not just, okay, I'm glad to see you today, but without you, I'm not going to make it. In the early church, folks, that's exactly how it was. They needed one another actually to survive. In America, if things progress, that's exactly where it's going to be a day. Hey, man, I need, uh, I need to borrow your uh, car for, for about 15 minutes. I don't have any gas. Hey, buddy, you have any food? I don't, I don't have any food. You see, preacher, could it get that bad? Dear friends, it's going to get that bad for Christians. I don't know on this side of the rapture, on the other side of the rapture, but it's going to get bad. And we're going to need to meet with one another. We're going to need to encourage one another. We're going to need to fellowship with one another. We're going to need to sing songs. We're going to need the teaching of God's word. We're going to need the preaching of his word, even more so as we see the day of the Lord approaching. So why do we worship on Sunday? Well, first of all, because Jesus rose on the first day of the week. John chapter 20, verse 1, The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early and was dark unto the sepulcher and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulcher. Secondly, Jesus appeared to the ten disciples on the first day of the week. Verse 9, chapter 20, verse 19, The same day of the evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, disciples were assembled in the fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be unto you. The promise of the, of the coming Holy Spirit was fulfilled on the day of Pentecost, which was on the first day of the week. Levitic, uh, it says in Leviticus chapter 23, verse 16, Even the morrow after the Sabbath, Sabbath uh, of the number of 50 days, you shall offer a new meat offering unto the Lord. 
The gospel of, Je of the message of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ was preached by Peter on Sunday. Acts chapter 2, verse 14. But Peter, standing upon the, up with the eleven, lifted up his voice, and said unto them, You men of Judah, all you that dwell in Jerusalem, this be known to you, and hearken to my words. The first New Testament church was started on Sunday with 3,000 people getting saved. Acts chapter 2, verse 41. And they that gladly received his word were baptized. The same day were added to them about 3,000 souls. At Troas, Christians worshipped on Sunday. Acts chapter 20, verse 7. Upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, continuing his speech unto midnight. Contributions for the work were taken on the first day of the week. First Corinthians chapter 16, verse 1. Now concerning the collection of the saints, having, having given an order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye, upon the first day of the week, every one of you lay by him in store that God prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I, gatherings when I come. The Lord, revealed, uh, the Lord revealed the revelation to the apostle John on the first day of the week, the Lord's day. Revelation chapter 1, verse 10. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as a trumpet. So the pattern of the New Testament church was to meet on the first day. And what's the first day of the week? Sunday. Now, everybody, again, does it different. You talk to some people from, from Haiti. We had a lady visiting from Haiti. They don't have two services. They have like a three-hour service. Because a lot of those folks don't have transportation. They don't have a Subaru or a Volvo or a Ford or a Dodge that gets them there in 10 or 15 minutes with air conditioning. They have to walk sometimes an hour, hour and a half, two hours. And when they get there, they're not, they can't just go away. They're, going, they're not going to have just an hour service and go home. No, they're going to eat and fellowship for, quite, for a while. Then they're going to worship and sing. They're going to preach. The service is going to be three, sometimes four hours. My former, my former pastor talked about experiences there. He would go down there, he would take a suit, and the suit would be so wet from sweat from preaching down there for hour after hour and hour, he would just leave it there. And he said, you know what? I had, to, I had to preach four or five of my sermons, put them all together, string them all together. That's a different culture. Was it, are they doing something wrong? No, just different. There's nowhere, and again, nowhere in the Bible says you have to do a certain way. It's just they're doing it different. They're meeting, though, on the first day a week, having a longer service instead of having a two, two different services. So how do we contrast the Sabbath day and the Lord's day? Well, the Sabbath day was the moral for creation. The Lord's day remembered his, remembered his redemption. Secondly, the Sabbath day reminds us that God's work of creation is great. The Lord's Day shows us that God's work of redemption is even greater. The Sabbath Day shows us the great wisdom of God in making us. The Lord's Day shows us His miraculous wisdom in saving us. Letter D, it costs more for God to redeem us than to create us. The Bible said in Psalm chapter 148, verse 5, Let them praise the name of the Lord, for He has commanded, and they were, and they were created. Redemption, however, though, was by the shedding of blood. We read it in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 19. But with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. So what, so what is the principle that we learn out of this whole thing? It's a principle that we see throughout the, throughout the New Testament. We see it especially as I was reading this, this afternoon, like in Matthew chapter 5, the, of course, Jesus preaching on the Sermon on the Mount. He talks about these things which, which was in the Old Testament, but different then than it is now in the, in the New Testament. The Spirit versus now 
the, the law versus now the spirit. We see it in chapter uh, number 5, verse 21. You have heard that it was said by them in the old time, Thou shalt not kill, but whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever saith to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever, but whosoever shall say thy fool shall be in danger of hell fire. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar and rememberest that thy brother uh, hath ought against thee, leave thy gift before the altar, go thy way, be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. Agree with thine adversary quickly, while these things are in the way with them, lest at any time the adversary de deliver thee to the judge, and the judge deliver thee to the officer, and thou be cast in prison. Verily I say unto thee, Thou shalt not of no means come from thence, till thou hast paid the uttermost farthing. What's, it, what's he saying? He said, you remember in the, old time, in the Old Testament, it says, Thou shalt not kill. That was the law. We haven't gotten there yet, but of course we'll get to that place. But Jesus said in thee, Whoever is angry with your brother, he'll go on to say in verse 27, You have heard that it said by them of old time, Thou shalt not commit adultery. Of course, we'll get to that point. It was a law. You commit adultery, you read it. It's pretty much a death sentence in the Old Testament. But Jesus says here in verse 28, But I say, And whosoever looketh upon a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery already in his heart. For I offend thee, pluck it out, cast it from thee, is profitable for thee, that thy members should perish, and that the whole body should be cast into hell. If thy right hand offend thee, cut it off, cast it from thee, for it's profitable for thee, that one of thy members should perish, not that the whole body should be cast into hell. What's he again talking about the principle? It's not just the letter of the law. It's the spirit of the law. Yes, the Old Testament says these things, and obviously they're important even as to today, but it goes further than that. Because where does the beginning of, that, of, of committing murder start? It doesn't start with your hands. It starts in your heart. Where is, where is, where is, it, where is the, the committing of the adultery? It's not just the physical aspect, though it is that. It starts in the heart. So Jesus is saying the heart is the, the heart of the problem is the problem of the heart. He's saying it's bigger than just the law. It's bigger than just don't do that. It's the spirit behind it. And dear friends, so it is with church. No, we don't live on the same principles of coming to church on the Sabbath day or else we'll be stoned by, by, with stones because... We've broken the law. We come here today to gather because we love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind. That's the first commandment. And the second is likened to it, that thou love thy neighbor as thyself. So we gather here on, on, Sunday, on Sunday school and on Sunday morning and on, on Sunday night and on Wednesday nights to, to, to learn the word of God, of course, to fellowship with one another, to encourage one another, to help but not out of some rule that says, okay, you have to be here, you know. Because if you don't show up, you know, you, 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 you're not going to, you're going to miss the attendance award. <laughs> or you're, you're not, you're going to make some type of, uh, you know, you're going you're to offend somebody. No, you should, again, it's the spirit of it. You should want to please God. And dear friend, that, that, that principle goes in every area of Christianity. It goes in our work. That you don't do it just out of duty. What you do tomorrow at your workplace, I hope you don't just show up and say, well, I have a list of things to do and I'm just going to do them. But you do them with all your heart. I hope that's in your marriage. You don't just do it, okay, I'm, I, 
I said I loved him one time, and I, I'm not ever going to tell him again. I've not changed my mind. I'm, I'm just going to stick with him. <laughs> that type of attitude, your marriage probably won't last very long. No, friend. You do it out of love, not out of duty. And in terms of honoring your father and mother, you shouldn't have to say, well, you know, I had to call my dad today because it was Father's Day. No, I hope you didn't do it because you had to. I hope you did it. Thank God you still have your dad and you wanted to. You see the difference? The difference is control. The difference is, okay, it's law, and if I don't do it, I'm afraid I'm going to offend that God up there, and he's going to do something to me, or I'm doing this because I want to, to please God. Whether I eat or drink or whatsoever I do, we do all to the glory of God. So this principle is not just about one law. It's about all of Christianity and how we live our lives in every area of our lives. Because, friend, if we're not careful, Christianity becomes just monotonous. Okay, I go to church. I come home from church. Well, did you learn anything? Did it change you? Or we just, we just come because we come? We just show up because we show up? Well, that's good. But why did you come? And what did you learn? And how did it help you? And what did it do for you? And how did it change your life? Because the Bible says the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the... Well, you know the rest of the verse. It helps us. It changes us. It does something for us. That's why we come and help. I wonder today, have we gotten back to just the law? I'm just doing this. I'm just doing it. Have you gotten that in your work? I'm just, I'm just showing up. I'm just doing it. Have you gotten that in your marriage? I'm just doing it. I'm just showing up. Have you gotten that in your friendships? I'm just showing up. I'm just doing it. No, friend. There's no heart. Where's your heart? Is your heart in these things? Is there passion? Is there desire? Is there hunger? Is there thirst for growth in your heart? That's what we need in Christianity today. Oh, it's, it's easy to get caught up in the law, thou shalt. And it's important to keep the law to the degree that we know these things will help us as we've looked at the moral law especially. But dear friend, more importantly is, is keeping the spirit of the law. What does God want me to do? That's why I talked about the importance of knowing God's word. And, getting, and secondly, not only that, when you have decisions to make, get wise counsel. And thirdly, be led by the witness of the spirit of God. That we walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. And it's so easy nowadays to walk in the flesh. You see something on TV, you just had your devotions, you're in the flesh. If you're not careful. So how are, we, how, are we, how are we doing this thing which we call Christianity? Are we doing it just out of duty? How are, we, how, are we, how are we living our lives as Christians? In a way that's pleasing God? Because ultimately, dear friend, God's not just going to see our actions. He sees the motivations why we do what we do. If I come to church just to click a box, if I read the Bible just to say, okay, I did it today, and I, I get all my stickers on the board, if I, if I pray just because that's what I'm supposed to do, then that's, that's not Christianity there. That just goes back to being Pharisees. And if Jesus preached to anybody harder, I don't know it. That's how he preached to the Pharisees. I don't want to be a Pharisee. Just checking the box, making a list, 
and pleasing myself. How's your heart tonight? The principles we find in the Old Testament, even in this Sabbath day, applies to us today because the Lord is our rest. We find fulfillment in him. Is he our rest today? Do we find joy in the Lord? The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. Is he your strength today? Is he your joy? Are you grateful and thankful for all that he's done for us? Oh, praise God. May we live a life not based on the rule of it, but based on the relationship of it. That's why I love that song that we sing, He Walks With Me and Talks With Me. We go to that old, that old song, In the Garden. talks about that beautiful that relationship that man has with his God as he talks with him and he walks with him. That's the relationship. Do you have that type of relationship with Jesus Christ? Do you have that? Do you talk with him? Do you walk with him? Do you spend time with him? Is he a part of your life? Just as real as that person beside you or that person behind you is the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, you may not be able to see him, but you can sense him. And you can know that he is there. The very Holy Spirit of God is in you. Do you spend time with him? When's the last time, when's the last time you spent time, quality time, with your best friend. He's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Jesus said to his disciples, ye are my friends. Oh, when's the last time we spent time with our friend? Or we just dismiss him? Because other things are more important. Father God, I pray you'd help us, Lord, to understand how important it is, the importance of having a right relationship with you. We see the principle even in this keeping of the Sabbath, God, that, that those they had to keep it under the law, we keep it, Lord, on the first day of the week because we want to, not because we have to. Thank you for so many people that are faithful, who want to be here, who desire to be here. We see that in their eyes, in their hunger, in their thirst, in their singing, in their fellowship, and then being a part of that. That's why this church has been around for over 32 years now. Thank you for that. I pray, God, that you'd help each one of us. Maybe in our own Christian lives, we got to the place where it's just mechanical. It's just mundane. It's just part of what we do. It's just duty. It's just showing up. Maybe that's part of your work. Maybe that's part of your relationships. It's become just drudgery. It's become just duty. It's just become what you have to do, not because of what you'd want to do. If someone's here tonight and don't know Christ as your Savior, I'd love to spend time talking to you. Or my wife would if you're a lady. But as the piano plays, may you think about in your own heart, in your own mind, how your relationship with God is. How is that relationship? Is it work? Something you want to do? Something you have to do? Is it important to you? Let's stand to our feet tonight. Maybe God has spoken to you about your relationship with God or some other area the Holy Spirit spoke to you about. The altar's open tonight. Maybe there's a struggle in that relationship you would have with God. It's not what it should be. Maybe you've gone back to thinking, I got to do this. Well, dear friend, do you want to do this? How's your wanter tonight? How's your wanter? How's your heart relationship with Christ?
this evening. As the song plays, is there anything between you and the Lord? If there is, I can think of no better time to get it right. Maybe there's some struggle. Maybe there's some sin. The Bible says if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Something you're dealing with tonight, dear brother, dear sister, take care of it. Walk away from this place. Be totally clean.